welcome to the Fit Mom Life to the Fullest podcast, where we focus on how we can improve our physical health so that we can enjoy the life God has called us to, to the absolute fullest. Hello, ladies. I hope you're having a great day. Thank you for joining me. I'm excited to talk with you today. So we are going to hop into a Q&A, but I just want to chat about a couple things first. Welcome. If it's your very first podcast, my name is Brittany. I'm a Catholic wife and mom of three boys. The littlest one is hanging out with me for this podcast. He is three months old, and then they go up to two and four. <laughs> kind of did that backwards. Usually you say your oldest first, but wanted to let you know in case you hear some snoring that it is not me. Um, also want to let you know before we hop into the Q&A that this is the very last call to join the Healthy Through the Holidays program. If you need more details on what that is, I did talk about it on a bonus episode. I explained what the program is going to look like, and the details and sign up are over on fitmomlifetothefullest.com over under group training menu. It's going to be fun. I like doing these kinds of things. I did a similar one in June where it was like just to take something off your plate. If you are part of the June intensive program, it was like, here are your recipes. Here are the workouts. It's one last thing you have to think about. And that's kind of how this program is too. It's like, I am just doing your workouts for you, giving you some new recipes to help you maintain and sustain through the holidays, get one thing off your plate while you're doing your Christmas shopping and things like that. Um, And I really like about this one that I did options. I've never done that before in a program where you can work out three times a week, four times a week, or five times a week. And I tried to keep all of the workouts, even the videos with the the explanations, because I demo a lot and um, explain, you know, proper form and stuff during the video. So it takes a little bit longer than if you were just doing it on your own but I kept them all between 20 and 30 minutes. So all good things there (laughs) that we are starting on Monday. So don't hesitate any longer if you want to hop it. Okay, number one question here. I'm going to tackle three today as time allows. I'll try to get through three. Basically, unless my three-month-old starts having a heart attack and then I'm going to have to stop (laughs) whatever I stop. Okay, you know how it is. Number one, how to meal prep when you don't have time to meal prep. So This person was referencing particularly when they go away for the weekend, uh, how to possibly have a healthy week and set yourself up for a good week ahead when you really did not have time. Okay, first of all, I want to say it's totally doable. And for most of us who are listening to this right now and me talking to you, most of us have very busy weekends, whether we're home or away. And even if we don't, we don't want to spend hours prepping. So that myth and that idea really has to die (laughs) that you need to like the only way to success is meal prepping because that's something that you know I think people try to impress other people with sometimes if you follow certain fitness influencers where they show you their beautiful kitchen counters with like everything lined up for the week and that's great if people enjoy it and they feel like they like being that prepared and that they like to do that much of the cooking of it that's great That happens every once in a while for me. It's not the norm. You know, what we're going to talk about instead today, whether it's, again, a busy weekend or you are coming back from a trip or had a wedding or something out of the normal schedule, just make it easier on yourself, okay? Number one, roughly plan what you're going to eat. So no matter what, you always need to have a rough plan or else that is really when it's like... I don't know who said this, but everybody quotes it. Fail to plan, plan to fail, right? I have no idea where that originated. But it's true. If you don't even know at all what you're going to have for the week, and then you get to Wednesday and you're like, I don't know what we're having for dinner. Oh, I don't have anything defrosted. Oh, we're out of this, that, and the other thing. 
So you, you do need to have a rough idea for what you are going to eat slash make for the week. And then order or pick up the basics, you know, whether you're getting your groceries delivering, delivered to you or you're picking them up or you're going to the store or whatever, then just grab the basics for that. So maybe you're, you know, and this takes like 30 seconds. This is where we can get really dramatic about it and be like, I just need to sit and meal plan. No, you, you could literally be standing in the shower and say, okay, Monday I'll make a bunch of ground turkey and Monday night I'll put it into peppers for stuffed peppers. Tuesday we'll have ground turkey taco salads. Uh, I'll grab a rotisserie chicken for Wednesday night and we can do buffalo chicken wraps on Wednesday night. I'll throw in some frozen sweet potato fries and frozen broccoli as my sides. And then Thursday I'll throw something in the crock pot because it's a really busy day. Friday we go meatless. So I will throw some shrimp in the air fryer. Oh, actually, that's weird. I've never done that. I was thinking in my head I was visualing salmon in the air fryer, but shrimp is a good idea. Maybe I'll try that on Friday. I usually do fry, uh, shrimp like sauteed. Anyways, coming up with dinner ideas for myself here on the podcast, but you, you see what I'm saying? It takes literally a minute to just give a rough plan each day and then say, oh, for lunches, I'm going to grab a rotisserie chicken. I'm going to grab like four different salad kits from Aldi, from Wegmans, from wherever you grocery shop. I don't have a Costco here. I wish I did because I hear people talk about Costco all the time. But if Costco is a place that you can shop because it's in your state, then maybe they have the pre-made salad kits too. But just have a rough idea. Jot it down. Order those. Pick those up. You're good to go already right there. Okay. So if you're doing that and you're like, okay, for lunch, I'm going to have Greek pitas all week. If you're a person that likes to have the same thing all week, then you know that you're grabbing feta cheese. You're grabbing the pitas. You're grabbing rotisserie chicken and some lettuce, right? Okay. The other thing to keep in mind when you're doing this is to rely on mostly pre-made things or totally pre-made things like a rotisserie chicken, like wraps, like salad kits, like frozen shrimp. You know, there's a lot of things that are pretty much the work is done for you. Another one actually is a lot of chicken sausage is fully cooked and you just have to heat it up. So that's a super easy breakfast or snack. You know, a snack does not have to be something in a package or in a box and the more whole clean food that we can eat the better so what I used to do for my mid-morning snack when I was teaching middle school I would have in the morning for breakfast either a shake or overnight oats typically because I would drink it or eat it on my way to school then as a mid-morning snack during a planning period I would have two hard-boiled eggs and a chicken sausage link and it was great protein and fat kept me full then till lunch we had the latest lunch and that was a good thing so those fully cooked, you know, chicken sausage, that's a really easy one. You just, I mean, hard boil a bunch of eggs and grab a pack of chicken sausage and you're good to go with that could be a meal, a snack, anything, you know what I mean? So there's a good one. Rely on pre-made or mostly made things. The other thing you want to think about is relying on your appliances. So I just talked about hard boiled eggs. Obviously, I don't know, maybe you can cook that in something else, but for me, I'm just going to be doing that on the stovetop. But still, even in that way... I'm not, this cook time is not like super stressful to me. I'm not standing there like stirring risotto or watching something that's going to burn, right? I'm just throwing eggs in, turning it off when they boil and setting my phone timer. So I can do that when I'm doing a million other things. And I do always like to do, if I can, my like breakfast or lunch preps like this. If I was going to prep hard boiled eggs and chicken sausage for breakfast or snacks, I like to do that when I'm already in the kitchen making dinner. So whether that's Saturday, Sunday, or Monday, one of those earlier days during the week, 
I don't like to make myself be in the kitchen more than I need to cooking. So I try to, you know, double whammy those things. I will, if something, if I'm like making ground turkey meat, I will whip up a batch of protein pancakes real quick too. You know, so you're prepping, but you're already in there cooking something else. And that really saves me a ton of time during the week that every day I'm not in there for an hour or in there for a half hour. I'm in there very minimally because I have done it just while I was already in the kitchen that one time. Okay, so in the vein, though, I know hard-boiled eggs, again, like I said, are in a pan, so that's not an appliance. Oh, my goodness. Somebody is passing gas, and you might hear that. It is Somebody is not me, just so you know, once again. <laughs> um, but think about your crock pot. Think about your Instapot. You know, when you're, you could do some shredded chicken very easily and that, just throw chicken breasts in and then you've got your protein for the whole week that you can throw into wraps or throw into salad kits and can be lunches, dinners, snacks through the whole week. Judah has a lot to tell you today. Okay, I'm going to wrap up that question there. But again, I just recommend that to anybody, whether it's, you know, a out of the ordinary weekend or just your average week. I like to put more cook time into like times that I'll actually enjoy it. So on the weekend, I tend to cook a little more um, time-intensive meal, but that's pretty much what our week looks like is doing those kinds of things, using our appliances and all that jazz. I just made chicken salad actually last night, and same thing when I was making um, those, oh, delicious, I can't get enough of them. I've talked about them on the podcast already. Those Lazy Man cabbage rolls that the recipe was from my friend, and cabbage is one of those seasonal fall foods. And while I had just finished that and popped it in the oven, then I also just threw some chicken in a pot because, again, though, I took the, you know, I took the step to plan ahead and know that I was going to make chicken salad for lunches. And I threw the chicken in a pot to boil to make chicken salad for lunches for the week. Okay, so honestly, the first thing is just picking what you're going to eat, just planning. And then there are so many things readily available through grocery pickups and grocery delivery services that... You know, we have no excuse. Okay, number two, if sleep is scarce, should I sleep or work out? And this is kind of a loaded question that I need more information on and it can vary person to person because rest and recovery is super important. We tend to downplay that, but that is a really big part of what's changing your body, changing your metabolism, changing everything not to be dramatic I know most of us care (laughs) more we tend to place more emphasis on the physical part of it because we want to see the outside aesthetic change but um, also again for all those interior things for cells to repair and regrow and everything rest recovery is super important but here's the thing it's kind of case by case if you normally sleep pretty well you're getting that seven to nine kind of averaging about seven to nine hours of sleep per night most of the time and then you just have a really bad night of sleep you're super stressed or a kid was sick or something like that where it's a little bit out of the ordinary and you know it was like you got three four hours of sleep and you're gonna take every last second you do not want to get up before the kids to work out then I would say absolutely skip that day take a rest day your body probably needs the rest much more than it needs the workout However, if you are in, you know, like it's just a normal day, it's a season of life where you you do still average like seven to nine hours, but eh, 
I'll say, even if it's a day, okay, <laughs> I'm already backtracking a little bit on my statement. So the first part still stands. If normally you get a good amount of sleep, but you know that you got all, like significantly less that day, yes, I would rest and I would skip the workout. And then on the contrary, if you are getting like five, six hours in this current season of life, so maybe it's just your schedule that you're like, Brittany, I cannot sleep more hours than this because I have to pick up a kid late from practice or something. And then, you know, I have to be at work early. Like there's no way I can get to bed earlier. Then I would say if it comes down to that, I would still work out, but I would not like sacrifice both. Instead of getting up at 5 a.m. to get a full hour in, I'd maybe sleep till 5.30 and then squeeze a 20 to 25 minute workout in before you shower and get ready for work for the day. So sometimes we think of it really dramatically as super all or nothing. Like, I'm so tired. I just want to sleep. I don't want to get up to work out. But how much more is that 20 minutes going to make us feel rested versus just getting up, biting the bullet, and then feeling much better and more energized after the workout? I hope that makes sense because in the middle, I totally got distracted by my baby. (laughs) It's kind of trailed off. But I hope that makes sense. So if it's you know, a matter of 20, 30 minutes that you're going to sacrifice, that sleep's probably not that much more valuable. But if it was, again, you got like a ridiculously low amount of sleep, your body's already going to be not at its peak because of that. And it's already going to be kind of trying to catch up on that throughout the day. You don't need to add more physical stress to it. And then I would skip it. Okay. So for me personally, right now, I'm averaging about five hours of sleep a night and I am getting up not as crazy early as I usually do. I usually get up between 4.30 and 5 when I'm not pregnant or very still with a baby that doesn't sleep much, Um, which is now I am getting up more around 6 and then getting in a 20-minute workout, showering, and getting ready for the day before the kids wake up. Sometimes working in there too, but you know, you don't need to worry about my whole schedule. I'm just saying, for example, that's where I'm at. I'm not going to be like, oh, well, since I didn't get seven hours, I'm not going to work out because that's really not in the, <laughs> it's not in the sight lines for me at this point until I start sleeping more. Oh, excuse you. So I would rather, you know, then greet my toddler and my four-year-old more energized and with my workout done, then be stressed and try to be worrying about when else I can get in during the day. Okay. Last question, Judah, let's take it is, This was a fun one. I've heard you talk about group fitness classes, and I know you used to be an instructor. What are the best group fitness classes to take? So, yeah, firstly, I am still technically an instructor. I just have not taught them in a while since the babe. But um, this is also a tricky one to answer. I think, firstly, so this person said, what are the best ones to take? Definitely, I always encourage you to do something that you enjoy for a workout, right? If you hate working out and you're like, I hate working out, but the idea of a bar class sounds really fun to me or the idea of Zumba sounds really fun to me because I really like to dance, whatever. Great and go do that because movement is better than being sedentary, okay? So if we're just talking about getting you to try something, getting you to move, getting you to do something, then pick the one that sounds interesting to you and go for it. But if, in my opinion, you're asking, which I think this is kind of more where that person was going, what are the most, let's say, like effective toward fat loss and building muscle, which is mostly what we talk about on this podcast, 
Then number one, a strength training type of class. And I will qualify this by saying the problem with most group fitness classes is that it's way too light of weight and, and or there can just be moves in there that are not great for everybody, right? The, the class is going to be general. It's to the general public, which I'm not knocking on. I'm acknowledging too, like in my programs, I'm making those moves for, you know, the general client. I'm not making them for specifically Samantha or specifically Trisha or whatever. I am, you know, making it based on what most of you have at home and what most of your goals are and things like that. Kind of same thing in a group fitness class. So sometimes um, they're going a lot higher rep and lower weight, and that is not going to change your body. You're not going to see your muscle develop and see your fat melt away because it's just too light. It's it's like, and, and you might leave feeling the burn, and that's a thing I hear a lot. It's like, well, I really feel the burn in that class. And if you do anything for any length of time, you're going to feel the burn. If you stand in your driveway and wave goodbye to your husband for like 20 minutes and just keep waving your arm, you're going to feel a burn in your shoulders. I blow dry my hair like very rarely because it is so thick and this is exactly why. But when I blow dry my hair, and I did do that today, I my shoulders are killing me by the time I am done because it takes forever and you're just holding it in that position. So I give a big props to hairdressers, first of all, because you guys have like the most awkward positions to stand and sometimes just standing there and holding them like it's I've trained a bunch of hairdressers and like tennis elbow and golfer's elbow are really common because you're doing a lot of repetitive motions but anyway I digress um you want a strength class ideally that is having you lift what is an appropriately heavy weight for you so you can't just say heavy because everybody's heavy is different but a weight where by the end of whatever set or whatever round you are pretty depleted. You feel like you could only get a couple more reps, okay? So, and again, I would say, hopefully a strength class is not having you do crazy things like stand on a upside down, upside down BOSU ball, lifting a weight overhead, because it's just not safe for most people. I'm not knocking on BOSU balls. BOSU balls have a great place in core training, and I like to do a lot of like plank variations and things like that with them. But uh, you shouldn't be standing upside down on them with weights if you're just trying to lose fat and build muscle. It's just, you know, the flashy, showy things. I will also say I think that cardio classes are fun to take in a group because most of us don't love doing cardio by ourselves because we're just kind of watching the minutes tick by. This was me the other day. I wanted to run and I thought my husband was going to be home and then he wasn't and I was all hyped up to go for a run because I will run for miles if I am outside and I can be distracted by things and I've got my music in or my podcast in or something. But if I am on a treadmill and I can see the numbers, even if I cover them, like I've heard that trick of like, just cover them up. I'll still just keep looking to be like, how long have I been on here? (laughs) When can I get off? Even if I'm watching a show, even if I'm watching something. So um, I think that cardio is a really fun way to or I'm sorry, being in a group is a really fun way to get that cardio in. And my heart will always be with spin. I love spin classes. I love teaching spin classes. I love taking them. And I will say I have not taken one or taught one since 
like early pregnancy with Judah. So it has been a long time. Um, and I would love to hop back on the bike soon. That's a good reminder to myself, but I think that's really fun to take and is really safe for the general population. Usually, even if you have difficulty running or anything like that, usually you're okay on the bike, you know, just get some help with your bike setup from the instructor because that can make all the difference. I hated my first spin class that I ever took because my butt was killing me. My knees were hurting and I was lined up just super wrong. So, um, yes, some of it you need to get used to just the actual being seated in the saddle part can be a little uncomfortable to your derriere, but it shouldn't be painful. So check with the instructor. I think spin's a great class, but then also sometimes there's like treadmill classes or different cardio things. Um, Tread and Shed is one that my old gym used to have, probably still has, not the gym that I'm currently at though. And uh, again, super fun class where they're leading you through it, uh, you know, two different music, two different things. Like now we're going to climb up the hill. Now we're going to sprint down it, whatever, making it interesting. The kind of class I would not take, and I'm just going to end on this note, is the cardio class where you are running around, jumping your head off. And that is actually why I stopped teaching group fitness at one of my gyms because it was so jumpy, jumpy. And I was looking at this thinking people are not going to be able to bend their knees in 20 years. And my husband was actually training a woman who was like 60, 65, and she was still a group fitness instructor. She taught group strength training classes now, but she could barely even sit into a squat because she had so much knee pain and deterioration because she was a, a big time fitness instructor back in the step aerobics era. And she's like, Ben, I just jumped off that step, landed all the time, and my knees took a beating. So do not take classes where you are jumping up and down like it's just squat jump crazy and just jumping all around. I do incorporate plyometrics to a very small degree in some of my hit finishers or hit videos, but I that is the number one thing I really try to stay away from is lots of impact on the knees. So All right, I am going to end it there. Remember, if you want to hop into the program, go to fitmomlifetothefullest.com and sign up. If you have any questions that you would like to hear answered on the podcast, shoot them over to me at fitmomlifetothefullest at gmail.com. Make them into a full episode or use them on a QA. and a And have a great rest of your day. I think that is it for me. (laughs) And P.S. Judah went to sleep because every single podcast, if you are here with me every single time, This is the little game we play is mom come pick me up. I pick him up. He fusses a little bit and then he passes out. (laughs) So I look forward to his next nap time in our next episode. All right, ladies, have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you then. Bye.